Hello and welcome to Faith Life 365 podcast number eight. My name is Tim Hardison and we are talking about hindrances to our faith. Now, if you missed any past podcasts, you know, go back, listen and get caught up with us. In podcast seven, we talked about unbelief being a hindrance to our faith. Now, in this podcast, we're going to be talking about how an unforgiving heart hinders our faith. Now, let's pray and get started here. Father God, we come before you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we praise your holy name. We thank you for your many blessings that you have given us. We thank you for Jesus, Father, for the stripes he bore and that by those stripes we are healed. We thank you that he became a curse for us, that we're no longer bound by the curse of the law. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that he shed his blood for our sins and that by his blood we are cleansed of all unrighteousness and made joint heirs into your kingdom. Father, we thank you for the new covenant. Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray now that you'll open our eyes that we may see and open our ears that we may hear and understand your word. Father, renew our minds. Give us knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Grow our faith now as we hear and study your word. Amen and amen. All right. We have talked about how we get and grow faith the law of faith and some of the laws governing faith. Uh, we're now talking about hindrances to our faith. In this podcast, we're, we're talking about how an unforgiving heart will hinder our faith. Now, if you recall, in podcast three, we talked about the laws of faith and that one of those laws was that you have to have a forgiving heart. So Mark uh, chapter 11, verses 25 through 26 of the King James Version. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now I'll note that some Bible versions uh, leave out verse 26. Uh, there's some disagreement as to whether or not this verse was actually uh, included in the original Gospel of Mark. There is not, however, a disagreement over the fact that Jesus actually said these words in the Gospel of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 15 of the King James, For if ye forgive men of their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, it's very clear. If you do not forgive others, God will not forgive you. Period. So what causes an unforgiving heart? How is it that we can read and hear these scriptures and not have a forgiving heart? We still refuse to forgive. Let's read some more scriptures. Now I'll forewarn you, I'll be reading some longer scriptures today, so please bear with me. Make a note of these uh, and go back and read them again for yourself. So Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 15 of the New Living Translation. Uh, Paul is speaking to the Christians, the church at Colossae in Asia Minor. He says, start in verse 5, So put to death the sinful and earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature, 
and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and He lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So again, what causes unforgiveness? What is it inside of us that keeps us from forgiving, you know, from having a forgiving heart. This is a big issue for many Christians. It's not just the unsaved. Unforgiveness many times comes from being deeply hurt or anger and rage, which leads to hate. Pride is another reason for unforgiveness. You know, the Apostle Paul is telling us we need to get rid of anger, rage, and malicious behavior. Those are part of the old sinful nature. He says, put on the new nature, become renewed as you learn to be Christ-like. I have found in my own life experience that this has not been as easy as it sounds. Not because God hasn't done His part, not because I haven't been taught God's Word, but because I have tried to do things my own way. Um, well, I found, you know, that I've often held on to my pride and I've refused to give up my hurt and anger. I would pretend to forgive but would hold on to a little piece of hurt or anger. You know, in my past when someone wronged me, I didn't just want to get even. I wanted to get one ahead. It was only after I fully surrendered the hurt, the anger, the rage, the hate, the pride to Jesus that I was able to truly forgive. Harboring unforgiveness against someone can result from something as simple as someone saying something mean or nasty to us, uh, or maybe they said it to others behind our back or it could come from something as horrible as murder, rape, or abuse. You could have been deeply hurt by family members, those you love and trust the most. You may have been verbally or physically attacked, beaten, raped, abused, or you know maybe you lost a loved one to an evil, sinister person or perhaps a drunk driver. Your anger and rage may be fully justified, but fully justified or not, Jesus calls us to forgive so that our Father in heaven will forgive us. Now you may ask, how is it possible for me to forgive someone who savagely beat me, raped me, or murdered one of my loved ones? You know, and I, I can't offer words of my own that can answer that question or even personally offer you the amount of love and comfort that can heal the pain, you know, that you suffered and the anger and maybe hate that, that's built up within. But God can. You see, God sent the word he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that through him we might be saved and made joint heirs to the kingdom of heaven he has also sent us the comforter the holy spirit who dwells within us now if you're a christian you know if you've accepted Jesus into your heart and the holy spirit dwells within you you have the ability to love and forgive you know the bible tells us we are the body of Christ it's a choice you have to consciously make Forgiveness 
is not saying the other person is right in what they did, not in any way, shape, or form. Forgiveness is being obedient to God. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 of the King James Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do it. Jesus will give you the strength if you make the choice in your heart. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. Uh, King James Version says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Jesus Christ is the anointing, and we the church are the body of Jesus Christ. We have the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God residing inside of us. Notice it says, the yoke shall be destroyed, not the yoke shall just be removed. Destroy, defined by dictionary.com, says to reduce an object to useless fragments, a useless form or remains, demolish, annihilate, to render ineffective or useless, nullify, invalidate, to defeat completely. When you choose to truly forgive, the burden of unforgiveness is removed and that yoke of hurt and anger and rage, hate and destruction that's around your neck is destroyed beyond repair. It's, it's gone, never to come back. So what example does Jesus give us? Luke chapter 23, verses 32 through 34. This is the New Living Translation. Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him when they came to a place called the skull or Calvary or Golgotha. They nailed him to the cross and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Now, Jesus had done nothing wrong. Jesus was without sin. He had only shown love. He had healed untold numbers of people. The Word tells us that He had performed many more miracles than were recorded in the Bible. But regardless of all the good He had done and all the love He had demonstrated, they beat Him. They spit on Him. They called Him names. They placed a crown of thorns on His head. They scourged Him with 39 lashes from a whip similar to the cat of nine tails. Now, the cat of nine tails type whip has nine leather strands with knots tied into them and sharp objects also tied into the knots to cut and rip the flesh. Why 39 lashes? Well, it had been determined that 40 lashes from this type whip would often kill a man. Every time he was whipped, it was like nine separate whips hitting his back and ripping through his flesh. That's equal to being whipped 351 times with a single whip. They gave him the maximum pain without killing him. Why? So they could continue to inflict even more pain. They then nailed him to a cross to crucify him, crucifixions being one of the most painful means of torture to the death. And as Jesus hung there nailed to the cross with the flesh on his back shredded in absolute excruciating pain facing certain death, he forgave them. He asked God on their behalf to forgive them Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. The King James says they know not what they do, right? The Bible tells us that Jesus bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And that with his stripes, we were healed. 
All of our sins and transgressions were upon him. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 3 through 5 of the King James. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. First Peter 2, uh, 21 through 24, to King James says, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. To his own self, bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Now, Jesus could have called down legions of angels. He could have called 10,000 angels down and wiped them all out. But no, he forgave them all. And he did it for us. As I said earlier, I can't personally offer any words to console you know, many of you for the wounds, uh, the pain you've suffered, or, you know, the anger or rage, you know, hatred that you may still feel inside. Forgiving the person who wronged you does not mean, you know, that you're going to lose the memory of what happened or that you forget the pain that you suffered. It also doesn't mean what the individual did was right in any way, shape, or form either. It does allow you to heal and to also be forgiven by your Father in heaven which is most important. A healed wound becomes a scar. You know, you can see where the wound was. You can remember the open, the pain of the wound, but it's now healed into a scar. It no longer causes pain and suffering. You know, if you keep licking an open wound and keep picking off the scabs, the wound doesn't heal. It, it may actually become worse, get infected. It could even lead to death if infection sets in. This is what you're doing to your heart and your soul by not offering up forgiveness and allowing the wound to heal. Let the word of God, let the words of Jesus into your heart and let the master healer work within you. He and only he can bring you to a point that you're able to have forgiveness in your heart. But you first have to make the choice to forgive from the heart, from your spirit. When we see some of the pain that others have suffered and, and are still suffering, I mean, it, it makes some of the things many of us harbor unforgiveness over seem pretty petty, doesn't it? How about when we think of what Jesus suffered on our behalf? Yet these issues are still real and hurtful to us. I know. I harbored anger and unforgiveness in my heart for many years on multiple issues. You know, I fully, I believed with everything in me that I had been wronged. My family and children and grandchildren had been wronged. I had, I, you know, I had individuals at work knowingly spreading lies against me, trying to cause me harm. And I, I let these issues consume me. Anytime I would think about these situations, I immediately became angry at times. I mean, to the point I would rage inside. I would tense up. I'd feel like my heart was a big knot. I'd get all stressed out. I felt like I had tons of weight pressing down upon my shoulders and my chest. I developed a true hatred for some of the individuals I worked with. I would see them or hear their name and immediately this hatred would rise up inside of me to the point that I probably would have felt no sorrow at all if I'd have read their name in an obituary. And that's sad. Uh, many of you 
listening may have felt this way at some point, or maybe you still do, about someone who caused you harm or pain. I prayed and prayed about these situations. I talked to pastors about it, but I could never reach the point of total forgiveness. You see, I wasn't putting my faith in God, and my forgiveness wasn't coming from my heart and my spirit. I would say I forgive, but I was trying to forgive with just my mind and not with my heart, not in my spirit. I was holding on to little pieces of it, and it would end up festering back up inside, and it would turn back into like a raging anger. You know, Jesus said for me to have faith in him and to cast all my worries and troubles over onto him. He is our burden-removing, yoke-destroying Lord. And when I finally placed my total faith in him and my forgiveness came from my heart, from my spirit, I was able to release the anger and the pain and give true forgiveness. I made a decision that I was going to forgive in my heart, my spirit, so that my Father in heaven would forgive me. Now, I can't properly describe the instant relief that I had. The anger, it just left. The burden was removed and the yoke was destroyed. I haven't had one day of tension, anger, or stress over my past issues since. I no longer even think about them. When Satan tries to come and bring those thoughts back up that used to make me so angry, I just say, they're forgiven. I praise God for all I have and all the blessings that he has given me and my family. God is good all the time, and Satan and his thoughts flee. Now you may say, okay, that sounds good but I'm not so sure that's going to work for me. You don't begin to know the hurt and anger and pain that I have. Well, let me tell you, yes, it will work. Forgiveness from the heart is a choice. It's a choice that you make. No matter what's been done to offend you or harm you, it is still your choice to forgive. Forgiveness is something that God demands of us. It is for us. It's so that we can be healed of the pain and the hurt. We need to put aside our pride and our anger and our hurt, our pain, and place our faith in God. We are out of time, but I'll tell you, we're not done with this topic. We're going to pick right up here in Podcast 9. I want to thank you for listening. May God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and live the faith life 365 days per year.